Hi, it's Allison, and welcome to the Elements of Us podcast. The Elements of Us is a visual framework to simplify the subject of emotion. Through an exploration of the 54 elements, people learn how to achieve well-being, to overcome obstacles, and how to create deeper relationships with others. In this episode, I speak with Linda Sawyer, former chairman and CEO of Deutsch, and now co-founder and CEO of Scora Style, a company reinventing the sponge category. Linda and I cover a lot of ground, from discovering that big idea, to creating success in the second act, to what she learned about leadership when she took over as CEO from Donnie Deutsch and the agency that bared his family name. All right, Linda Sawyer, thank you so much for being with me today. It is an absolute delight to have you. My absolute pleasure. Why, thank you. So when I met you, I met you in the advertising industry, and you were then, as you were for quite a long time, the chairman and CEO of Deutsch North America, which yes. was a huge job. Mm -hmm. right? uh, the winner of a Matrix Award, for those of you who don't know, it is the, one of the highest honors in all of communications. And you were named one of um, 10 most powerful women in advertising um, by Advertising Age, a, a brand I know well. Sounds exhausting. <laughs> it, it all, right. Well, it sounds exhausting if, you know, it, it sounds pretty badass. Let's be clear. Uh, and then you stepped off of all of it to become an entrepreneur and reinvent and revolutionize the sponge category which is amazing. <laughs> so uh, as part of our podcast, we talk about five elements. So the first one I want to talk to you about uh, is courage, because that is a pretty courageous thing to do, right? You were, you were set. You had um, coveted job, worked with wonderful clients, wonderful people, and, and you did this. That takes a lot of courage. So, so let's talk about that. What was that like for you? Yeah, you know, um, obviously, you know, I had reached a, a pretty high point in my career and was working extremely hard and it's a tough business. But um, in some ways, I recognized within myself that I felt like I needed a new challenge. And, um, and you know, I, I knew it would be a big risk to take and to make that kind of leap. But in some ways, um, it was so burning within me that I felt like it would be a greater risk not to. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, you know, just decided that, you know, if, if I'm ever going to do it, it's now. And it was really tough in a way because I was at the prime of my career and especially given what was going on in the environment in terms of, you know, the recognition of lack of diversity and people seeking out, you know, more women for management roles there weren't a lot of women with the kind of experience that I had. So it also represented a huge opportunity cost for me. Mm -hmm. um, but once again, I just felt like I needed to really push myself and challenge myself. And, um, and I, I actually really never looked back, which, um, you know, I tend to be a bit of a black and white person in the way I look at things. So, but, you know, once I made the decision, um, I was so committed to it and, it is such an invigorating experience to go through because what I realized is as much as, you know, I had all this incredible experience, you know, you, as you especially ascend the ladder, you start to, 
you know, focusing on, for instance, I was dealing with a lot of financial things and I kind of forgot some of my creativity muscles that existed. And when you get to start flexing all these muscles, um, it's just so exciting and it, you know, it really recharged me in a significant way. That's amazing. So how did you prepare yourself for that? Like, was there anything that you did that kind of got you in a position that you were able to do it, that um, it felt somewhat safe or mm-hmm. like you were, you were ready? Yeah. Well, I, that was a very big piece of it because obviously, um, you know, A, I'm very methodic and responsible. And so, you know, I wanted to make sure that um, there was a real there there. And so um, because I, you know, d- did this business with my um, actually best friends in second grade who also had a very big career. Um, we had been discussing this and I, um, you know, had shared my idea, which was because I it was like one of those great conversion of a lot of passion points. I was always a real home design enthusiast and also happened to be a total clean freak. And I couldn't understand how with all the advancements in the, the kitchen, how it was possible Um, with the level of innovation, both from an aesthetic and performance standpoint, that there was like literally this one, you know, trailing thing, this void and this object of disgust that hadn't kept pace with everything else. And so when I shared that insight and we decided like, this could be a really big thing to solve, like it's a real pain point. um, We were very, very disciplined on how we approached it. We literally we called them our Skura Sundays. We literally committed every Sunday to meet, which was a really big deal because we both had very big careers and that was such precious, you know, alone time to every weekend. And we kind of joked it would either be the longest, most expensive play date in history. And so, (laughs) um, but we approached it in a very methodical way and we, you know, created like kind of an outline and a, a business plan and really researched it. And, pretty advanced this thing pretty far, but it took years because we, um, you know, A, we had big jobs that we could really only do it on the weekends. And B, you know, there was like a lot of challenges and a lot of obstacles that um, we had to kind of keep overcoming. And there were several times we actually almost aborted mission and thought it couldn't be done, but we plowed through it and kept going. And we finally figured out that there was something really big here. And the confidence to, you know, take the leap. I love that. So so let's go back to the, just for a second, because there's that disgusting thing sitting on the sink. And most people just accept it for that disgusting thing sitting on the sink. Nobody had actually thought about that. And so discovery is, is one of the elements. And like, how did you, did it just like hit you in the face one day? Like there is this, this is the one thing in this kitchen that hasn't been reinvented. Like how, how do you, um, how did you do it? And for people who are trying to figure out that idea, are yeah. there, is there, do you have a kind of dis- discovery method, if you will? To yeah, well, you know, what, what I bring up, um, you know, when I think about my own process and what I, you know, kind of suggest to people to think about is that we have so many little pain points in our life. And but we're so used to them and we actually don't even see them because we manage through them. We come up with our own little hacks, our own, you know, workarounds. And so they don't go away, but that we just figure out how to live with them. And if you kind of step back and think about 
your very daily routine and your, your everyday life and really almost think about it like you're auditing your like a day in the life of Allison, you know, you will step back. And, and where the pain, pain, point li- pain yeah, points lie. Yeah. And, you know, that actually very simple tweaks to solve for them are game-changing ideas, actually, um, especially because if they're something that's part of everyday life, they tend to be things that people interact with frequently. And so it's, you know, it's me- meaningful change. So it doesn't have to be this gigantic, like, revolutionary idea in terms of some huge technology. I mean, it certainly can be, but it could be those simple things. And for me, it was literally that I took such pride and care in the way my kitchen looks and that it's a place that like everyone else you spend most of your waking time in terms of not only eating but it's people's home office and where your kids do homework and where you can't get anyone out of the kitchen when you're entertaining now it's everything (laughs) i thought how I, i mean i was sort of very aware that this object of disgust existed and i hated it and i i just couldn't reconcile not only how disgusting because they smell and all that but it's just so ugly and trapped in like the 1940s and and in fact we found out that there was a basically a monopoly and that you know 3m is happily um you know going to the bank every day with you know this disgusting product that people really didn't have any alternatives and so you know it was like something that this sleepy category that needed to be disrupted and so what is the big, what was the big aha? Like how, what is that big reinvention? It's basically like, why should you have this absolutely disgusting object that is so counterintuitive that you are using a completely dirty tool to clean? It makes no sense. So you and reinvented the material. We found, so what was interesting too, and sort of an aha moment was originally the idea was to, can't we make this thing beautiful? Like, why does it have to be green and yellow or blue, but very industrial looking? And why can't it have more of a sophisticated look? And as we start to explore that, we learned that, A, we could not produce crisp, beautiful designs on this, the existing materials of traditional sponges. And then we kind of said, well, why would we want to make something beautiful that's so inherently disgusting? So we started to research, and I really do believe it's because almost like we didn't know what we didn't know, that we just kept going and sort of challenging convention and thinking about it so differently that we ended up finding completely different materials that did exist, but just weren't in any kind of mass way being used, that were so superior from an efficacy standpoint, and that also allowed us to create this beautiful design and very crisp printing on it. Mm-hmm. So. Uh- Amazing. So Skura Sundays, you sit down with your best friend, who I think is Allison also. Uh-huh, Allison. And, and, and you, and so what was the process? So interestingly, you know, we're both from a marketing background. So actually that was more of our comfort zone where we started. So we really thought about this brand and what this brand purposes and, you know, outlook and personality and persona and, we started with thinking through like how through that lens, everything should look. And that led to thinking about, you know, the actual manufacturing side of things or the distribution and all those things. And so, um, you know, so we started with what was sort of our comfort zone. And then that led us to really um, 
reach out to people who were subject experts in, in all these other areas that we didn't know because we had a lot to learn. Um, but, you know, it's interesting because I think what I often encourage people is like, you shouldn't be afraid of that because, you know, you kind of have to empower yourself to know that you are also smart enough to know how to ask the right questions. Mm-hmm. And so um, that, and, and there's sort of no dumb question either. And I also found that, you know, people are very generous actually and want to help. And I know that's how I feel. And maybe that invites reciprocity on that front, but it's, it's amazing how generous people can be with their, you know, knowledge and advice. Sure. I, I love that. And it's also when you are in a position for so long as you were, where you know everything, mm-hmm. you know, stepping into that place of wanting to learn and being curious can be both uncomfortable, but probably where the exhilaration comes from. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's incredibly exhilarating. And, you know, it's, and, you know, it's, nothing's that hard, you know? And I, I also think because when I was in advertising, so much of our challenge was actually inheriting all these bad decisions. Mm-hmm. And when you're liberated from like kind of a really blank slate, and at least you aspire to do things really right for the right reasons, like because you're actually solving for problems, you're creating something that is desirable. So, you know, you go into it with all the right things, it starts to kind of really curate your decision making. Um, it just makes it much easier, actually. Yeah, and it sounds like much more fun as well. Yes. <laughs> right. It's that's amazing. So so you you did this with with your best friend and some of um, I think some of your success has come from surrounding yourself and creating a support network that really is is quite wonderful. So I chose the support element to talk to you about because you had that at Deutsch. Uh, you worked with a wonderful group of, of women, um, largely women, some men too, but also yes. you had a wonderful team. Um, so what was it like going to work with your with your with your best friend? Yeah. Well, look, look, you know, obviously working with your best friend can be a great thing, but it can also be a disaster. And um, I think the benefit we had was, A, we both had, you know, had big management roles. So we had a lot of experience over the years and we often shared um, with each other stories and things that were happening. and, And it was very apparent to us over the years that in addition to being personally best friends, like we had similar philosophy into the way that we approached our management and decision making. So there was sort of a bond that existed there. And then when we did these Skura Sundays and got together in a way, committing to that kind of time and doing it with like such focus on business. And it really became in effect a test drive for us to see how we work together. And, um, and it, it was amazing at the kind of, not only like clarity of our decision-making, but how simpatico we seem to always be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we are different personalities and, and we are extremely complementary to each other. So um, I, what I will tell you is having gone through this experience, I'm amazed at people that do a venture like this by themselves mm-hmm. because 
it's so hard and having at least that other person to bounce things off and lift each other when the other's low or, you know, it's, it's so helpful. And like you said, obviously when I was at Deutsch, we were such a close knit management team. And um, I just always believed so much in the value of surrounding yourself with people that are extremely complimentary to you and, you know, really being invested in each other's success. 100%. Can you share a time that you or Allison has had to pick the other up? Like what, you know, what has that looked like? Yeah, you know, well, it's what I, we always joke about how, you know, there's such highs and lows and they can happen so quickly. And so, you know, one minute we'll be like celebrating like an amazing press hit and seeing like the register ringing away and then we'll find out about a manufacturing delay or an issue. And it's like, and it kind of depends. Like, you know, sometimes I'm the one that like, I get very, you know, non-phased by crises. I tend to like fix me even calmer. <laughs> and then sometimes, you, me know, too. That's so interesting. Where, you know, Allison is such a bulldog on everything and, you know, she just will not take no for an answer. So, um, you know, we just, uh, you know, we, look, we, and we go through sometimes those highs and lows together. So it, you know, it varies so much, but I think again, just having someone that, you know, you're just in those trenches with all the time makes it so much easier. Yeah. I love that. So you, um, you are a mom, um, but over the years, I remember talking to you about the influence that your parents had on you and in particular, your dad, yes. how you used to go and, and work with him when he was working and mm-hmm. the impact that he had on you um, and on you professionally, I'm sure personally too. But can you, can you share a little bit about that? And, yeah. And you know, I was such an unusual situation. I mean, I, my father was a a package designer and he had his own company and he specialized in cosmetics and fragrances and he had a studio was actually attached to our home. So I would like really every night go into his studios and I'd read all the marketing briefs and he would share all the presentations. But I think the, the influence that he had was one, you know, just from a very young age, I believed that I was, you know, I had a professional like aspiration and I really knew from a very young age that not only did I want a career, but that I fully anticipated that I would get to the top. Um, The other interesting thing was because he was in cosmetics and um, the business of cosmetics, when he would sometimes take me to meetings, like I would sit in the reception area, I didn't go into the meetings (laughs) on like a school holiday or something a lot of the top executives were women. So in a funny way, I was exposed to these sort of role models that I didn't realize how unusual that was, you know, so that also sort of gave me this permission at a very young age to believe it was possible to be a woman in a very top job. Um, and then I think the, the big thing was though, he would share with me a lot of things that would happen in the meetings that he would have. And he would talk about kind of the politics and the people. And, and one thing that he always sort of encouraged me was like, you know, when you're honest, it's amazing how that is really valued and appreciated. And most people are too afraid Mm -hmm. to like disagree with the boss or, but if you give your sincere opinion and because it's in the best interest of the business, no one is going to ever hold that against you. And so I really like from, you know, even my earliest jobs, I was incredibly 
empowered to be very, very straightforward. And, um, and it, and, and it quickly, I realized how unusual that was. And it really sort of made me stand out. And, mm-hmm. and I found that people in pretty senior positions were seeking my opinion because they knew I would, you know, give it to them in a very honest way. Yeah. And, and clearly it worked uh, <laughs> because you were chosen as the one to take over uh, as CEO when Donnie Deutsch left the company with his name on it and his family's yes. name on it. And um, so I, I, as part of, of this conversation, I make, I have really only one ground rule uh, is that everybody choose a gray to talk about. And when I mm-hmm. asked you the, uh, the gray element you chose was anxiety. Right. And you shared that when, when you stepped into that role, um, anxiety was kind of that feeling that, that mm-hmm. for you. Um, talk about that and thank you for doing that yeah no um you know we were you know as an agency had just soaring success for years and then um we were having what was our first ever downturn and that happens in the business but it was a particularly harsh one i mean there was it was one of those perfect storms there was no real reason in fact a lot of it had to do with the clients we had they were having their own issues like bankruptcy and management turnovers but the result was that we had lost quite a bit of business and at that time Donnie was also pursuing a show on television uh, the big idea and so a lot of the outside world was connecting the dots that the reason we were experiencing that was he was taking his eye off the ball when in fact he really was already quite removed and so um and it was understandable why people were connecting those dots. And so there was like a lot of pressure that a change had to happen. And so when Donnie, you know, said it's time and you should become CEO, um, I was so anxious about the whole thing because A, this, you know, was an enormity of a situation in terms of kind of the pressure I was under, but the bigger pressure was there was such a limelight on me um, in terms of like, can she fill his shoes? Like, can she, the daunting task of turning this around? And, you know, I am, a lot of people don't believe me, but I am a pretty shy person in a lot of ways. And as COO, I was in the perfect job for me. You know, it's like pulling all the strings, but behind the scenes. And all of a sudden I had to be very public. And so it was sort of the confluence of all those things. And I think what finally happened for me and was a bit of an aha moment was that I realized that I'm not gonna do this job by becoming another Donnie. And I don't need to do that. I don't have to fill his shoes. I have to walk in my own and do it in my way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other thing I realized too was that the success that he had had a lot to do with how great he was at hiring people and kind of creating this fabulous mosaic around him of people that complimented him. Mm-hmm. We're such different personalities that it also became clear to me that I would need to probably change some of those people because I'm so different and I need different kind of people to compliment me. And so, you know, I, so, and once I kind of all of a sudden allowed myself to see I could do things in my own way, I, I, I felt such a different sense of control and, um, and it started to really alleviate the anxiety that I had and that, you know, I, you know, and then the other last thing was just almost allowing myself to like, I had a 
my own lag and perception of myself. In a lot of ways, I realized I was already doing that job and not giving myself enough credit for it. 100%. And that when I sort of allowed myself to see that too, it gave me a lot more confidence. Like, you, this isn't a test drive for you. You're doing it and, you know, you're, you're going to get there. And, and fortunately, um, things did turn around pretty quickly and, you know, and I was fortunate to have like this amazing, you know, decade to follow. So, um, but it was, it was a very hard time. Um, but it, it, you know, I kind of look back at that time a lot just to remind myself that, you know, when things sort of seem like the face of adversity and that, you know, if you don't let yourself to get too overwhelmed and you break things down um, and, you know, allow yourself to see things a little bit more clearly, um, taking one step at a time is so much easier than, you know, allowing yourself to get sort of um, so overwhelmed by the enormity of the task. Sure. I, I was going to ask you if for, for people who need that confidence now, who are sitting in that place of adversity and uncertainty and anxiety, uh, because many are, um, what would you tell them? You know, um, I'd almost say like, A, have a little bit of a conversation with yourself. You know, like, I think you have to get really in touch with the feelings of what it is that is creating that anxiety because that's like the starting point, I think, to be able to break it down and figure out like, and then giving yourself a little bit permission to figure out like, what are the tools that I do have already in my toolbox in terms of like, what I know how to do, how, how I kind of navigate things and just tackle them one step at a time. And like, just don't, you know, get, as I said, too overwhelmed with the enormity of the concept of it versus breaking it down to like, you know, how, how to get through it. That's awesome. Thank you. Any other pearls of wisdom that you'd like to share before we sign off? Um, hmm. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, for me, this experience has, um, you know, making such a big change like this, uh, I, I, for a lot of people out there, they are thinking about what their second act is. And um, I think, you know, if you follow something, oh, there's my dog. If you follow something that you're really passionate about, it's not only going to be something that you're going to enjoy and be happy doing, but you'll probably have a lot of success at it. So, you know, follow, follow your heart really um, is my advice. Amazing. And on that note, on that uh, note, thank you. Uh, I, I utmost respect and think you're just fantastic. So I can't wait to see what Skura and you do next. Uh, thank you, Allison. This is great. Thank Always you. Hi, it's Allison. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please head over and give it a five-star rating in the podcast store. And if you really enjoyed, hit subscribe so you can keep getting these in your inbox.